Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Thursday morning. Plenty to get to. Throughout the course of a show to, of the show tonight, you know, not a lot going on today. So, um, you know, we're just going to talk some sports and enjoy ourselves here. Um, as uh, the Sixers get a big win, there is more fallout from the Philadelphia Eagles and the end of their season and a, a ton of stuff uh, to get to. I believe the Flyers are starting tonight, a pre, preseason game. It looked, I just went to ESPN.com and it said... They had a game scheduled for 5.30 tonight, which is an odd time uh, to schedule a, a hockey game. Uh, so I suppose the Flyers are playing. If anybody can enlighten me on that any further, go ahead. What's that look you're making, what you're giving me, Mike? <laughs> That's 5.30 is the time of their, their opener to the season next week. Oh. It's not the... Uh, oh, I, get, I just assumed it, it was to know. Well, why is their opening game at 5.30 then? A regular season game? That makes even less sense. Um, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's weird. I don't know if you want to put Sudfeld in though. It's less people watching. Yeah, I mean, there's a millions and millions of dollars at stake or something like that. Uh, but yeah, we got to get to that later on uh, because all these national people who are chiming in uh, on the the Eagles situation, like, just shut up, every single one of you, and we'll get to all of them, including the most annoying person in sports media. Literally, there is somebody who is the most annoying person. I don't know why this guy is still in sports media anywhere. We'll get to that. We'll also so get all to... All of them can go to hell. Thank you. Go to hell. Mad dog. All of you. Go to hell. <laughs> I, I can never tell if it's the last go to hell or if there's one more. I always forget about it because there's always that one pause. You got to wait for the all of you. Right. And then the go to hell. Uh, man, that was a great that was a great moment during the pandemic when uh, we got that Russo sound. Was he? He was. Uh, that's right. He was. The he match. Was, uh, yeah, the match with Brady. Yeah, he didn't like that Tom Brady could go golf and he couldn't. Which had like like tremendous moments of comedy of you know performance. Brady ripping his pants. Like it was. It was a win for everyone. Right. Like, it was just a tremendous success. It was. It was. It ended up being wildly successful. Um. So. Yeah, we'll get to the we'll get to the everybody bashing the Eagles uh, later on as well, um, because uh, it, it it's it's gotten a little ridiculous. Um, but where I want to start tonight, and you know, I, I think you can take lessons from uh, wherever you look in the world today, where you, we clearly see what happens when there is a failure in leadership, wherever you look around, and you know we see it in sports all the time. Eh, we might see it some other places as well. Uh, you know, take from that whatever whatever you'd like, whatever you think. Um, but when leadership fails, there are major consequences. And so many times, when the leader fails to do their job well in any manner of business, you know, sports, government, whatever you want to say, um, when the leader fails to do his job well, it impacts the ability of others to do their jobs well. It doesn't absolve others that don't do their jobs well, but it certainly has an impact. And, you know, I, I, you look at the Sixers, and I think this is very interesting when you apply it to what's happened with them 
comparatively to where we are right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. Look at the 76ers and leadership and the fact that for many years we saw an organization that had failures in leadership as far as team building. Really, over my entire life, this has been an issue with that organization. There was a brief period in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, when the Sixers had Allen Iverson. Even then, I would say they didn't build well around Allen Iverson. They got to one NBA Finals, but they certainly didn't maximize the talents of their best player. I think that's pretty clear because they failed to put the right things around him. But they got to the finals one year. You give credit where it's due. But you look at especially the last few years with Brian Colangelo and his failures and the moves that he made uh, to put this team in a bad position, none bigger than the trade-up to get Markel Fultz, which uh, I've written Markel Fultz a lot. In all seriousness, shame what happened to him last night. Uh, torn ACL, out for the season, no joking matter whatsoever. Um, I still think Markel Fultz handled himself childishly here, but I don't want to see anybody get hurt. That's a shame. Um, good for him, though. He signed that new contract a week ago. I think you checked all the boxes on what you're required to say, except uh, you just never want to root for that. You just never, you never want to say I that. thought I did say that. You didn't say the root <laughs> one. Oh, okay. You never uh, root for a guy to get hurt. Yeah, because you do. In those kind of you already got to cover your bases with some. Like I'd say the same thing. Like if Bradford got hurt or somebody else who I've trashed <laughs> right. a ton. Like if Wentz gets hurt next year, you know, you, you just you never want to see it, and and that that is true. Um, and that is a shame for Markel. Hope he makes a full recovery and can come back to doing whatever he does on the basketball court that's worthy of fifty million dollars. But uh, so be it. You know. You look at the failures in leadership the last couple years with Brett Brown and Elton Brand and the moves that they have made, whether it be the Tobias Harris trade, letting Jimmy Butler walk, a decision that looks worse every single day. Inexplicably, I've been watching a lot of Phoenix Suns so far this season. They've been on national TV a lot. And Michael Bridges is like really good. He's like a really good player. Like, this is not just you got Zaire Smith and can't play, who can't who couldn't play at all. Um, you gave up Michael Bridges, who is a really good NBA player and would have fit perfectly on this team. So you look at failures in leadership and what it has done to the 76ers. And the stark difference when you bring in somebody like Daryl Morey, who is competent. And what Daryl Morey has done in the matter of weeks, I would say, is more productive than I've had from Sixers leadership my entire life up to this point. When you look at what Daryl Morey has done and just a novel concept of just putting guys around your two best players who fit with your two best players. You know, it's not that insane of an idea, something that may have, you know, occurred to Colangelo or Elton or Brett but look at what Daryl Morey's done. You know, bringing in Danny Green, bringing in Seth Curry, um, building a bench that complements each other, drafting Tyrese Maxey. You don't overthink it. You get to the point in the draft, Maxey falls to you. You're like, this guy's a really good player. Let's take him. And you see the difference when you have competent leadership in place as opposed to poor leadership. And... You look at that, and I kind of want to compare that to where we are with the Eagles right now. And as the Eagles head into this critical offseason, one of the big questions was regarding the future of Howie Roseman. And Howie's track record, I'd say spotty is a good word to describe it. I think that's exactly um, the, the way that you would fairly categorize Howie Roseman's career in Philadelphia. It's spotty. We know his story. Came up in this organization, has been with the Eagles, I believe, for like 20 years now. Uh, I think he came in around 2000 um, and was basically Joe Banner's, uh, you know, uh, you know, underling, and has rose through the organization um, to get where he is now. Um, 
His title in 2000 was, um, it wasn't quite that. It was salary, Not underling? No, it was okay. salary cap staff council. So essentially, he was Joe Banner's underling. Well, I, he was, I got it pretty much right. I, you know, that's that. He's, he was like Costanza. Yeah, and yeah, George was always an underling. He was never yeah, anybody, uh, you know, I, I think that's fair. But we know how he's story. Came up in the organization, um, was pushed aside when Chip, you know, seized power. After being instrumental in drafting this team's core. I mean, you look at Howie and the two years where he had a pretty large say, three years where he had a pretty large say in in the Eagles drafts prior to being pushed aside. Um, You know, you look at guys like Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Nick Foles, um, uh, you know, Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz. Howie's instrumental at that point in drafting this team's core. There's no doubt about that. Uh, gets pushed aside in 2015, comes back, and does a really nice job. Works out of a really um, difficult salary cap situation that Chip had unfortunately put the team in. Um, and, you know, made a lot of signings that offseason. Rodney McLeod, Brandon Brooks, solid signings that have supplemented and added to that team's core and of course the trade up to get Carson Wentz which whatever we think about Carson Wentz now that trade will always be worth it considering what it helped deliver in 2017 and ever since then those last few years ever since 2017 things have not gone well and that is where this gets muddled and goes from Howie being pretty good at his job to Howie's track record being rather spotty when you look at the free agent signings that haven't worked and the draft picks that have been disastrous, whether it be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside or, to this point, Andre Dillard, um, Jalen Rager. It's It's been a mess. And now, once again, this team is in a bad position. And when you look at Howie's future, I have said repeatedly, I don't believe that Howie Roseman necessarily needs to go completely. I know that's what everybody wants, but if there are still things that he can do well, and there are still things that I believe he can do well, just look at what the Eagles have done the last few days. In restructuring Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson's contracts, you move some money around, boom. Uh, 23 million in cap space created for next season. That is a tangible ability. That is a good ability that Howie Roseman still possesses. He is good at the salary cap stuff. He is good at restructuring contracts. He is good at moving money around. Um, and, and he is still proficient in those sorts of areas, making trades, etc. How he's been good at making trades in the past. But I've also been steadfast in saying that he needs player personnel power, if not completely taken away, in a spot where he is not the primary decision maker. And we didn't get to a lot of how he sound from the other night like I wanted to get to following his press conference the other day. We will get to plenty of it throughout the show tonight. Um, But to start, here were Howie's opening comments on Monday afternoon. This has been a disappointing, embarrassing, frustrating season. Um, Obviously, um, what we've done here when you win four games, that's on all of us. Uh, That's on me. Um, We have really good people here. We have to figure out how to fix this and get this back on the right path. And I think that's obvious to everybody. This was a disastrous season for a team that I didn't even expect to be that good. I picked them to be 8-8 eight and eight this year. I picked them to miss the playoffs. Turns out 8-8 eight and eight would have won you this division rather comfortably. But you, what are you laughing at, Mike? Because 7-19 and 19 won? I mean, they would have clinched going into the final week. Would they oh, I'm not? just laughing. Winning by one game would be comfortable. Yeah, I mean, pretty comfortable. Okay. Um, but uh, so be it. Um, comfortably may have been a poor choice of words. Comfortably enough to play Sudfeld? Maybe. I mean, I'm sorry if I offended you with, with that comment. Um, but... You know, you look now at where this team is and what they have to do moving forward and what Howie Roseman's role should be. And uh, as I said, I think he does need personnel power uh, taken away to a degree. But I still think there is a world in which he can stay in the organization. But um, 
Real quick, here is you know how he was then asked um, in regards to his job, in regards to his future. Is he the guy to fix this situation? Here was his response. Well, we're a four eleven and one roster, so I mean you are what your record says you are. But um, the three years before, we had won thirty five games. Um, we have a lot of players who are on this team, some of them older, that are drafted by our organization, drafted by the people in this building that are going to end up going to the Eagles Hall of Fame. That doesn't mean that we haven't missed on some picks. And I would just say, you know, if there's a guy that's playing really well that um, we were looking at in the draft or decided to go in a different direction, I mean, those things hurt. Those things are punches to your gut. And um, I think we have exceptional people in this building. You know, I know sometimes, and it's my responsibility to sit up here, but, um, you know, we're we're a group. Uh, We have a really good staff. We have really good people in this building, people that – we spent a lot of time trying to recruit to come to Philadelphia and help us. Uh, you know, the last two GMs, National Football League, were from this organization, which I think says a lot about this organization. And um, we've built winning teams before, and, and that's our job to continue to do that. And that's what we'll do here. And as we look at leadership, and you know, when you look at the Sixers and you see how a competent leader, a competent person in the front office has seemingly changed their fortunes completely, where uh, back five months ago, whatever it was, six months ago, uh, five months ago, at the in August when the Sixers were eliminated from the postseason, we felt so bleak about their future. But hiring Dower Mori, remaking the roster with competent leadership has... Totally changed everybody's opinion, where now you look at them, there's only optimism, and you look at a team that could potentially be a championship contender. You compare that to the Eagles, and when you hear that answer in regards to why Howie feels he's the guy to fix this, do you buy what Howie is selling? Do you buy that sale of himself? as the person within the Eagles front office that can get this back on track. How he says, we, we have good people in this, in this front office. We believe in our process. We believe in what we're doing. This is a bad year. This is a step back. This is a, a, a disappointment. But now we know what we need to fix. We know what we need to correct. And we are ready to make the necessary corrections. When you hear that, do you buy what Howie Roseman is selling. Is he the guy to fix it? Can he stay in this organization? Because that's part of what I want to examine tonight. Is Howie Roseman, as we look at failures in leadership all over the place um, in a number of areas uh, in the world, is Howie Roseman a competent leader of this franchise moving forward? And what do you want to see Howie's role be in the future if not completely removed? The way I look at it, I have said before, I want Howie in the organization. I think there are certain things he does very well with contracts, with trades. As I said, moving money around to create 20-plus million in cap space the last couple days. That's no small thing. And Howie's very good at doing those kind of things. But only if he cedes power in regards to player development. Only if he is not fully overseeing that department anymore. What do you see in Howie? And how do you see his role um, moving forward in terms of leadership? Uh, What's necessary? Will Jeffrey Lurie do what's necessary to get this franchise back on track? Whether that be getting rid of Howie completely or that be taking his personnel power away. Because Jeffrey Lurie also, um, you know, in the leadership position. Will Jeffrey Lurie do what's necessary with Howie Rose moving forward? And do you believe Howie can get this thing back on track? 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. I see Mike in Delaware. Mike, you'll be first right after the break, the break. And then you, if you want to get in. If you want to get in on the quarterback situation, you're welcome to do that as well. Doug Peterson, um, welcome to do that. Sixers, uh, that's on the table as well. So plenty of stuff to get to throughout the course of the show tonight. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Big Daddy Graham, uh, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. 
If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, to start sort of talking about leadership and Howie Roseman um, and whether you feel he can stay in the organization. Like, I think, I think it's pretty clear that everybody probably feels how I do to a degree that Howie needs to give up a certain amount of power. Like, I think that's pretty clear based on the draft record over the last couple years, the roster moves that have not worked out, that there needs to be some additional people brought in um, to at least oversee the draft, oversee certain areas of the roster that Howie has struggled um, to to develop and and assemble. But do you feel that he can stay in a capacity? Um, and in, in a few minutes here, we'll get to some of what Howie had to say. And, you know, some of the excuses, I think, that that's the way I took it, um, of why this season didn't go as planned. And I got to say, this part of it um, really concerned me. But, um, you know, in regards to Howie Rosen, can he stay with this organization uh, in, in any capacity? Um, I think so. Um, I do. I, I do think he brings value as a numbers guy, as a salary cap uh, person. Um, he's good at navigating the cap. I know the last couple of years has caught up to them, but I still think he provides value in that area uh, and can help in that area. Um, but but some of his comments were concerning. So we'll get to it in a couple minutes here. But anything you want to get into in regards to the Eagles, there is certainly no shortage of topics uh, to touch on. Whether you want to get on the quarterback situation, we'll get to that and um, Marcus Hayes' piece on the theinquire.com, uh, which I thought was was pretty uh, a good appraisal of the Carson Wentz situation right now. Is the story broke after I got off the air on Tuesday that Carson needs to sit back and reflect on what happened this season. Not necessarily asking for a trade. He's got to wait and decide whether he wants to ask for a trade because he hasn't, hasn't got there yet. You know, he's got, he's got some emotions he's got to work through. Um, and when he's ready to decide whether he wants to be an Eagle or whether he wants to be somewhere else, then, you know, he'll let the organization know. You know, that's totally normal from a franchise quarterback, right? He's waiting to see if Phil Rivers retires or not, right? You know what? That could be it. Because uh, apparently the only coach he, he wants to play for is Frank Reich. But he's not. Frank Walsh. Frank Walsh, yeah, Frankie Walsh. But uh, but he's not picky at all. He's not picky at all. He's not controlling at all. He just wants to play for one coach in the entire league. So, you know, he, he's not, you know, all this stuff about him being stubborn and being difficult, not true. But he does just want to play for one coach. So, sure. Um, we'll get to that story later on. If you want to get on the quarterback situation, you're welcome to. Um, on the comments of some of the media pundits talking about the Eagles situation for the other night, we'll get to that. And Miles Sanders' comments as well, conflicting with Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham's comments. So uh, a ton of stuff we got to get to. Also the Sixers, if you want to get in on their game from last night. Let's get it started on the phones with Mike in Delaware. What's happening, Mike? Hey, hey, uh, I'm in Levittown now. By the way, anyway, oh, okay. We'll, we'll have to matter. change your uh, we'll have to change your city on our board there, Mike. Yeah, way, no, way to go, yeah, Angelina. Yeah, you have to. yeah no, I, I was from Fairless Hills. I moved to Delaware. I'm back in Levittown. So anyway, right. but uh, anyway, my car is running. Um, I'm ready to pack Carson's bags and Howie Roseman's bags. Peterson can stay. That's fine. But anyway, uh, these losers got to get out of town. I'm done with it. Over it. Over so you're, it. You're, you just want to clean house with everybody, Mike. You're just tired not, of the No, not everybody. No, this Roseman because he sucks, okay? Carson because he's soft. He's like uh, the marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. He's he's soft. He's done. I, he, I, I'm kinda, over it. I'll tell you what, Mike. It, it, he kind of looks like the marshmallow man, too, the way he's put on a couple pounds there. He looks yeah, like not no, as mobile I, as he did Yeah, no, dude, I'm yeah. done with him, man. I'm done. I'm done. Like, I don't need this. I'm over it. I've been wearing my uh, Foles jerseys for two years now. I, I, I retired. I t- retired my Wentz jersey. It's done. My daughter's Wentz jersey's gone. No more. No, I won't wow. even let her wear it to school. Nope. Done. Wow. That's so, that's pretty hardcore, Mike. Yeah. No. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. He's he's not Philly. He's he's not Philly. He he ain't he ain't from around here. He don't have the attitude. He don't have the mentality. I'm done with him. I'm over it. So. Let's draft another quarterback. Let's Hurts and whoever they draft, wherever they get them, whoever it is, 
fight it out, and let's start over. Like, I'm over it. Well, Mike, but Mike, it's going to be a pretty small pool if they have to be from the Philadelphia area, if that's where you're limiting your search to here. No, I'm not living. No, oh, no, okay. no, no. All right. That's not, what I, no. that's the, sorry. That's all I took. No, I'm not living in a search of that. I'm okay. just saying like, you know, whether it's, I, I we're not going to get Lawrence, of course, but, uh, you know, fields, whoever, like whatever, whoever it is, let them fight it out. Let's get a fresh start. Let's start over. Let's, let's just, you know, rebuild trade. Lens for a pick or two. Let's get an offensive lineman. Let's get a, a let's get a linebacker. Let's get some some help. Anything because I, I I can't do this anymore, man. I mean, this 2017 to today is ridiculous, man. It's over. Yeah, like, no, no. They got to they got to figure it out, Mike. They got they got to fix what, what's happened this year and the last couple of years. Th- th- yeah, no. This is I I can't I I can't even sleep, man. Like I'm I'm still awake. What is it? Two thirty right now? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, re- relax, Mike. I'd say relax a little bit. You know, it's it's going to be a long off season, so you don't want to burn yourself out too early. I know, but you know, I'm mad, man. I'm mad. Like uh, I, I I bleed green, man. Like it's it's. It's just too much, man. I I can't do it anymore. Roseman's got to go. <sighs> I get even it, Mike. Peterson, even Peterson. I, I, yeah, I, I, I get it, Mike. I appreciate the call. So, man, Mike's really worked up. He wants to get rid of Howie, Doug, and Carson, and he won't let his daughter wear her Rents jersey to school anymore. Um, I, I think that's a little, you know, it's a little. With kids, I don't think they really care that much. The Zoom school? Yeah, I mean, well, some kids are still going in part time. Uh, yeah, uh, my my nieces are, are in on some hybrid plan where they go in like a couple days a week and they are are do Zoom the other gotcha. couple days. So. Although for some reason they're shut down, but they were they it goes back and forth. It varies, but hopefully they'll all be back in full time uh, by the end of the year, or at least for next year. Um, but you look at Howie, and you know, I was hoping. As I've been dubbed this kind of Howie guy, I, I'm not a Howie guy, okay? I'm not somebody who thinks Howie needs to be fully in charge of everything. I don't think Howie's the devil. Um, you know, I don't think Howie is, you know, David Putty running down the street dressed up in in devil's gear, you know, scaring priests or anything like that. Um, but I do think uh, that he has made some big mistakes, and... You know, when I was listening the other day to his press conference, I was hoping to hear some things that were comforting, some things that would make me feel better about the situation. And that didn't necessarily happen. And I want to know what you think of these comments that Howie made. Um, first, here is one when asked about, uh, and this is Ruben Frank, uh, asking Howie about the young talent on the roster right now. Yeah, Ruben, you know, I, I, I don't know if that age group, you know, 26 or 27, you picked that for a certain reason. Um, I'm not trying to be funny. I, I just well, don't say under 30. know if there's I'm, certain reasons, 26 or 27. But uh, I feel like we did whatever we had to do to try to win a championship in, in 2017. And when I look at the rosters in 2017, 2018, and 2019, I think objectively, those those are really good rosters. You know, um, obviously, 2017 had a lot of success. 2018, 15 yards from the championship game, and you know, I know when when Joe left to become the GM of the Jets, he even felt like our roster last year was as good as those two rosters, maybe even better. But clearly, we're not the same roster right now. And um, you know, we've spent a lot of time here in the last couple of weeks when the season wasn't going the right way about studying teams like ours that um, maybe have had some success, maybe even won a Super Bowl and um, then had a down year and what happened and even other sports. And a lot of times, as much as we didn't want to do it in the off season, I think that uh, we got to look objectively at it and we did do it is you hang on to those teams. And um, we had this off season plan and I think it was a, a good plan. And I think we pivoted a little bit. Uh, because of the pandemic, not that that's a, an excuse because it's not, but I think we pivoted a little bit and uh, we kind of knew in our gut last year sitting here that it was the right thing to do to turn over the team and get more picks and get more young players. And um, I don't think we went full-fledged in that. And, and that's my responsibility. There are a few concerning things. First of all, and Mike said this in my ear during the comment is, you know, he, he talks about, well, Joe Douglas thought we had a really good roster. Who the hell cares what Joe Douglas thinks? He, I mean, 
he helped assemble it. Like, right, it'd be right. weird if he didn't. Right, yeah. Why would Joe Douglas not think that it was a good roster? He basically put it together. It's like, boy, Howie, we really did a number on this. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, so I don't get that. But really toward the end of that, where, you know, Howie's kind of defending his record, kind of defending the roster the last couple of years. And then he mentions the pandemic. And he says it's not an excuse, but you're pretty much using it as an excuse. Here's more from Howie uh, in terms of some of the changes the Eagles made this past offseason due to the pandemic. Well, I, I don't want to blame this on the pandemic. I think what we saw was um, we had an opportunity with having the only staff that was coming back um, to maybe make more of a run with veteran players than we were planning if we had an offseason program if we had OTAs and giving those guys the opportunities. Now, there are a lot of rookies who played really well this year. So again, not making that as an excuse, but um, when we had some opportunities after the draft uh, to kind of change this team, I, I think we went with some veteran players. And um, I think we did that because it was more short-term thinking. And um, we've put a lot of resources into this team in terms of money and uh, free agents and trading draft picks and, you know, there's a time where that doesn't mean we're not trying to win, but there's a time that you have to pivot and understand what you've been doing and make sure that you're also taking care of the future of the team. And I think that uh, that was something that we felt last year when we talked after the Seattle playoff game. And I think because of the way the window was, maybe we felt like we weren't able to do our player development as much as we would in a normal year. And um, whether that's right or wrong, you know, that's one of the things we have to look back on and how we adjusted to that. Now, you know, again, like how he mentions two times in there that he's not using the pandemic as an excuse while basically using the pandemic as an excuse. Now, I think his point is somewhat interesting. I'm not sure if I go as far to say it's valid, but the Eagles thinking that young players will be less effective due to lack of time. Um working, you know, on the practice field, that obviously did not prove to be true for most of the league. You know, you look at Justin Jefferson, you look at Justin Herbert, Chase Young, like, good players are good players. And good young players are good players. And rookies still came in and had massive impacts this year. So that doesn't really fly to me. And, you know, how he's kind of excuse as or reasoning as to why the Eagles went with older players instead of getting the roster younger. And this is something they had talked about leading up to last year, even though they didn't really do it. But here's more from Howie um, as the Eagles head into this offseason, talking about transitioning to a more of a long-term approach. Yeah, I, you know, I, Jimmy, I've been here for a long time, and I have tremendous feelings about this football team, this organization, the people in this organization, and um, you know, I've been very fortunate to be in this league for a long time. And so um, I'm going to do everything that's in the best interest of this team to get this team back to being a perennial playoff team. And um, I'm not worried about my job. Um, that's not anything that really concerns me. That's out of my hands. I'm worried in doing what's the best and right thing for this team to get back. And um, like I said, when we talked about it, I think at some of the things that we did were more short-term oriented. You know, I think winning in 17, we want to do whatever it took and whatever resources it took to win, especially uh, when we kind of saw the opportunity. And then 18 uh, felt like maybe it was an opportunity to run it back, you know, with the players that we had and maybe even in 19, just continue to keep it going. And as much as there's a little voice inside of your head that said, um, you know, now is probably the right time to change it. Um, I think that's my responsibility that I didn't really listen to that as much as possible. And now we're in a situation we are in now where um, change is necessary and change is, is inevitable uh, to this roster and the things that we need to do to get back being the kind of team that we know we can be. I mean, I hope how he's telling the truth there, because that's something the Eagles do need to do. Like clearly they need to get a lot younger. They need to start looking at this as more of a rebuild. That window from 2017, it's closed. It's closed. This team next year might be better. This might be a playoff team next year. This is not going to be a Super Bowl contending team next year. And the Eagles, for whatever reason, whether a pandemic, whatever, they did not get younger to the point they needed to uh, this past offseason. And here's one more from Howie talking about um, if there's anything specifically that he regrets from this past offseason. You know, Mike, I, I think that... Um... 
when we went into March and there was a new CBA, I feel like um, we felt like maybe we could do some things um, from a cap perspective because of the growth that was going on with the new CBA, with the new TV deals, uh, which, with the potential 17th game. And then obviously it kind of comes back and you have the pandemic and now uh, you'll, you'll have more restrictions. Um, so I think maybe that, maybe being so aggressive in March and then kind of taking the foot off the pedal a little bit. Uh, I think that was a big, a big uh, deal right there. Um, and then after that, you know, I think right now there's a lot of things in my mind uh, when you're 4-11-1 and one and coming off three-shape playoff appearances that, you, that you're regretting right now at this moment. And I think that I just got to get to a place where um, it's kind of a calm mind and it's not as fresh and be able to look at it um, with some objective lenses. And um, I will do that and sit there and we'll talk about it as a staff and we'll talk about it as a group. And, you know, I feel fortunate that I have people around me who aren't going to just tell me what I want to hear and they'll tell me the truth of what they think. We've had some of those conversations already. Obviously, the season wasn't going well, even when we were at the bye and we were three and four. So I will continue to do that. Now, what I found interesting about that 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 quote was at the end when Howie says, basically, I don't have a lot of uh, a ton of yes men around me. Like, I have people that will give me their honest opinion. I have people that are going to tell me what I need to hear. Uh, you know, do you believe that's true? Do you believe that? The last couple of years, essentially, the Eagles have had bad luck. Um, because I will say with drafting, and I'm not excusing the Eagles' bad draft picks, but certainly luck is involved. There's no doubt luck's involved. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Andre Dillard doesn't get hurt this year. Maybe he has a good season uh, as your left tackle. I'm sure there are many out there that may disagree, including my producer, Mike Angelina. Uh, but maybe he would have. Um, and when he gets hurt for an entire season, loses an entire season, that is something that is is tough to swallow. But do you believe that this front office can get things turned around? Essentially, are you buying what Howie is selling that he's learned? That he's learned from his mistakes? That this team is going to get younger? That they are going to correct some of the mistakes they have made over the last couple of years? The one thing I'll say in Howie's favor is he has worked himself out of a difficult situation before. This team was a mess at the end of 2015. Locker room discord, a salary cap that was a disaster, all of these issues. Howie was able to work himself out of it. Can he do it again? Do you trust him to do it again? Do you trust Howie Roseman to stay in this organization? Um, and are there enough people around him uh, to tell him the things that he needs to hear? So he doesn't just go rogue on his own moving forward. Um, is he a competent leader um, as we move forward? And basically, you know, uh, do you trust Howie Roseman? Do you trust Jeffrey Lurie as the leaders, as we're talking about leadership, to get this thing right? 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, see Dave in Cherry Hill. Uh, Dave, you'll be first after the break. And then you, if you want to join, have a social media gripe coming up next as well. Um, and we'll have to pay tribute, too, to um, a member of WIP who I never knew um, but was instrumental in building the station. So we'll do that uh, coming up as well. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Mike Angelina producing Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. In the 3 o'clock hour, we will uh, get more into the Sixers. Is a heck of a game to watch on uh, uh, on Wednesday night between they and the Washington Wizards. And a real good test tonight uh, with uh, Kyrie, KD, and the Brooklyn Nets coming to town. I know Joel Embiid last time um, didn't play in a back-to-back situation. I can guarantee you he's playing in this game. I mean, there's no way they're going to sit him for the Brooklyn game. National TV um, played a lot of minutes tonight uh, or last night, but um, you'd expect you all to be out there uh, tomorrow. But if you want to get on the Sixers, welcome to but talking about Howie Roseman and whether he can remain with the organization and provide some value here. And, you know, I, I think so. I do. Um, but 
how he has said some concerning things and, and some of the excuses about the pandemic. Um, we'll get to the drafting record later on. Uh, does trouble you a little bit. So we'll continue talking about Howie and his role moving forward here. I do want to give you a social media gripe, though, um, uh, before we get to Dave. And my social media gripe today, and I don't know if this is one I've said before. It probably is. But um, when people are, are refer to Twitter as this website, that bothers me. Do you do you know what I'm talking about, Mike? Where people will tweet and they'll be like, you know, I I I, I don't like some of the things I see on this website, or I I am very careful about what I say on this website. Like, just say Twitter. It's a lot easier than saying this website. I feel like it's just it's a trend that people have all jumped onto. Yeah, there is. Um, it reminds me of. Now I got along with this person despite this. But somebody who used to work here used to refer to Twitter as Twitter.com. He would say, follow me at whatever on Twitter.com. Yeah, I don't like Twitter.com either. You'll like We know it's Twitter.com. Yeah, wow. Now I'm interested. You're going to have to tell me off the air during the break who this, uh, this person is. Should we say it on air? I mean, is it, it doesn't matter. Or- she or he? No. She, she or oh, so you're implicating, you're implying that I'm it, implying it's a it could female. be of either gender. Okay. Either interesting. Uh, well, we'll uh, you know we'll 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 convene here during the break. You really don't know who I'm talking about. I don't. Huh. I'm trying to think of a female who used to work here. Oh, oh, who said it was a? Female? Oh, I think I know. Um, I didn't say it had to be a female. But I, you, I mean, okay, because I put it first. You think it's a female? Well, is it a female or a male? Just tell me. You can tell me that I'm part gonna, on the air. Nah, you could just think about it. All right. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll just talk get back about to your show. Break. All right, yeah, I'll get back to the show. Sorry, I get a little distracted uh, when I, I find something interesting. But, uh, yeah, that that's my social media gripe for the day. Uh, when people st- t- say this website instead of Twitter, I just, I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Dave in Cherry Hill. What's happening, Dave? Hey, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Uh, listening to that Howie, Howie, or excuse me, the, uh, yeah, the Howie Roseman piece there. It sounds like that uh, when he said he stayed with veteran players because they knew the system, didn't need the offseason as much, that the person he's referring to is Jason Peters. There's a guy, he could have brought Maialata up earlier, but he decided to go with veterans, and uh, that was one of the keys to their whole downfall this year. I'd agree with that, Dave. Jason Peters, it was a terrible move uh, to bring him back. It it, it was, and it was a a, a big, big mistake on Howie's part. And he was holding Mile out of back when he was probably available. They, they knew his potential, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But what he did not address was his role in putting them on the squad. You know, the, the, we've been debating that all season long. Was it uh, Peterson's uh, decision or Roseman's decisions uh, to keep that roster with the uh, veteran players? And Jordan Howard, too, another possibility. And 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 Carson Wentz, another veteran that they stuck around with. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, d- yeah, Dave, but going into the season, nobody thought Carson Wentz was, like, over the hill and he was, like, a veteran player who was too old to bring back, you know? He- no, but earlier in the season, two or three games before then, they stayed with him rather than giving the— uh, the uh, the new guy at chance. Yeah, no, I'll see. Uh, yeah, no, I see what you're saying in that regard. Where you look at Peters, you look at Alshon, and guys that were on the field um, yeah, instead of, instead of the younger players. And um, it's a mistake. They shouldn't have been here to start with. And um, I really hope that he has seen uh, the error of his ways moving forward. Do you believe, Dave, that, that moving forward, how he has seen uh, the error of his ways and the mistakes of building, and this team will look to get younger in a dramatic way. Well, I think he how he is flexible enough to change his mind, but I don't think it's just this year. He's been doing this for several years, staying with the veteran players instead of going with younger players. And uh, I, I do think, though, that he, he is a flexible guy and he could change his mind and, and change his way of, of doing things. Yeah, no, it's true, Dave, and I appreciate the call. Thanks. And No, it, it it's true with Howie when... when he talks about running it back and the fact that this team, and, and it seems like every year they say the same thing, that they can't be too sentimental with these guys. And they got to, you know, may, you know, move on from these personal relationships. Yet every year 
Jason Peters and Alshon and Deshaun and all these guys that Howie's had relationships with or Jeffrey Lurie's had relationships with um, are back. And it's one area where they need to uh, certainly address and get younger as a roster and as a team. Now, one thing you know with the Eagles, though, is they do tend to overcorrect and they always seem to overcorrect whether it remember last offseason was all about speed. Speed, speed, speed. So they draft Jalen Rager. They draft Davion Taylor. They draft a bunch of fast guys, but they don't necessarily draft the best players. Like, I think you look at this offseason, it doesn't mean you can't uh, sign any veteran. It doesn't mean you can't get value out of any veteran player. But you got to pick the right ones. And, um, you know, I want to know whether you think Howie is the right guy to do that and whether he can stay in this organization um, at all, because I, I mean, I know most people don't trust Howie to be the guy running the show. I I understand that. I've talked to enough people to know that's not the general consensus. Um, but do you think he can remain in the organization and offer value in doing what he's good at? Because the fact that he doesn't seem to be learning from his mistakes leads me to believe he doesn't want to give up power. And if that's the case, then then yeah, Jeffrey Laurie has to step up and do what's right for the franchise. Two one five five nine two. 9494 if you want to get in. And um, before we go to the break here, um, and open lines right now if you want to get in, um, and you'll be first in the next segment. But I needed to uh, pay tribute to uh, Tom Bigby. Now, Tom Bigby is a name you would hear every night on this shift when Big Daddy was in, and Big Daddy would run through his birthdays. And... Um, Big Daddy would always wish a happy birthday to Tom Bigby, who was, uh, you know, I remember when I started working here, I didn't know, I, I, I'm like, wow, this Tom Bigby guy does a lot of, a lot of things when I was producing for Big Daddy. Um, but you know, I come, how old was Bigby when you produced? Was he always the same age or did he vary that? So big events would age him. Okay. So he turned 63 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Okay. I think he turned 62 when, when... Adam left as producer. That was like kind of a gift, or whatever, as wow. whatever you want to call it. What a big occasion there. Uh, I think was, was Adam the one who who you were referring to earlier? No. Okay. I no. I no. Um, no. It's, it's somebody who like worked here recently. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, big events is what I'm saying would age Tom Bigby. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, Big Daddy would always wish a happy birthday to Tom Bigby and. If you don't know who Tom Bigby was, Tom Bigby used to be the program director at WIP. And he predated me. He predated Mike. But we, I mean, I've heard Tom Bigby's stories for years from, uh, you know, Angelo and people in the morning team. And, you know, anybody that was here during that period would talk a, a lot about um, Tom Bigby. And I just wanted to pay tribute. I did not know the man. I never met him. But... You know, listening to WIP and hearing us now, it's only possible because of of him. He built this station essentially. He 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 made it what it was. He transformed it from the infancy stages of WIP to the kind of giant that WIP became in this city. So, um, I, I wanted to pay tribute to Tom Bigby who passed away the other day. Um, rest in peace. And uh, as we go to break here, um. Uh, well, we'll come back after after we do this. But here was the tribute Mike Angelina uh, did of all of, Tom, of all of Tom Bigby's uh, jobs over the years. Thanks Just to a Bigby. handful. Of them. Thanks, not to, all of them. Okay, a handful of Tom Bigby's jobs. Uh, of course, I mean, we did all of them. We'd be here all night. Uh, but here is uh, Big Daddy uh, listing Tom Bigby's pro- professions over the years.
Big Daddy is so creative. Russian poet? That's tr- that was that was great. That was very creative. Um, that would always be one of the highlights of the Big Daddy show was the birthday segment. Yeah, or the the things that happened segment because he would find these obscure things that, and then it'd be I, I can't even think of examples, but like and then the direction he would take them. Yeah, Big Daddy is so much more creative than me. I, I'll just I mean I'll, I'll admit that Big Daddy was. More creative, I'd say, than anybody at the station with his show. Um, but yes. uh, rest in peace to, to Tom Bigby, who, as Big Daddy has told you over the years, many different professions, but uh, former PD at WIP and really built the station. So um, uh, our condolences to, to his family. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Next segment, we'll talk a little bit about the Sixers um, and the game uh, from last night. And also, I have a side top the topic to throw out there because i saw the worst jerseys i have ever seen in the history of sports and uh we'll we'll do a side topic off that when we get back 215-592-9494 i'm tom kelly sports radio 94 wip This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 